Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is the unofficial 40 podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com. We welcome in the entire gang as we get ready for OU Texas. Maybe a little bit more subdued than in... Normal years, both teams coming in off of Los Sooners, of course, losing two in a row, and uh, it has not been pretty. Uh, but we welcome in the gang to maybe soothe the savage soul of the uh, Sooner fan, Josh McQuistian, Eddie Radosevich, and Bob Prisbillo. And guys, I'll just throw first question out and let whoever wants to take it, take it. What is the biggest problem for the Sooners heading into OU Texas? They're a bad football team? No, that's not... Except, <laughs> no. Oh, I want okay. you to drill down. Oh, okay. Well, then uh, let's go with they can't tackle. 15 missed I don't know tackles, if they, according to Pro Football Focus. They had seven against Kansas State. I don't know if they can't tackle as opposed to they won't tackle. Uh, I boil it more down to the secondary, too. I mean, those sure. guys, they're the ones really letting those plays like where Alex Grinch would say it's okay they can get five to ten yards it's when you don't tackle that it becomes 20 30 40 and we saw that a bunch second half against Kansas State and we saw it a whole heck of a lot in Ames and it's just you just sort of wonder you know what what sort of going through their mind like they've talked about they're trying so hard for the turnover that they're they're not tackling it's just I mean I get the logic but it just sounds so dumb because it's so fundamental that the first thing you got to do is tackle and they just had such a hard hard time well let me uh let me try something here uh since we just have one person and bob on skype eddie and, and josh uh both essentially in the studio uh here was lincoln riley asked about the tackling issues uh yesterday on his uh weekly press conference zoom call big picture wise looking at it from a comparison uh standpoint you know because i do feel like we've you know, certainly compare it to, to last year with a lot of the same guys. Um, I thought we tackled very well early uh, in the season. So, you know, did the off season or all that have an impact on it? Maybe, um, uh, you know, right now, kind of in the moment for us. I mean, we've, we've obviously been doing things to emphasize that, create more opportunities for our guys to to get people on the ground and practice. And then I think a lot of it is just going back and, and, and correcting. And, and so much of what we see is – is not necessarily guys out of position, but guys again just kind of coming in out of control. And uh, you got to—it's a fine line. I mean, you have to to be a great tackler. I mean, you have to have—you got to know when to have patience and you got to know when to have aggression. Because if you're too patient, you know, guys will just go around you. Um, uh, but if you're too aggressive, like we were many times against Iowa State, 
uh, you know, a good player is gonna is gonna make you miss. Was it two from Buki and who was the other? Was it Woody Washington that just like whiffed on a guy, or was it Pat Fields? I can't even remember. Jaden Davis missed. Oh, it was Jaden Davis. Jaden Davis. You're right. Yeah. And Trey Trey Norwood missed on a third down that Brees Hall ended up converting in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was not good, but like literally missing bodies, not even touching. I mean, people. the two that Buki had were just awful i mean it was almost like you wonder if he even tried i don't think he saw him like because he had i guess he had his head down like he the just completely had missed back. him i mean both of those instances they were like they they weren't but it was like a receiver catching a hook route their back was face you know they were facing the quarterback when they caught it and they were dead footed like grab an ankle grab an ankle yeah all you got to do is grab an ankle and he's probably gonna at least be i don't know tripped up at least Josh, you did the Monday morning Wild. idiot. Um, kind of your take on some of the defensive woes that you saw against Iowa State. You know, I, I and I've done the board chat and I've gone through and I and I've not through with the Monday morning idiot. It, it has been a week in the McQuishan household, but we will spare everybody the family stories. Um, you know, I don't know what I like see. Them. I know, I Other know, people but, hate you know. It's kind of like everything about our podcast. They love some stuff and they hate some stuff. I think three and O. Yeah, three and O. People would have time for my bullshit. One and two, everybody's like, "No, I don't want to hear anything. (laughs) I don't care about Lainey and Layla. They are not my problem." So I'll spare everybody. But you know, um, really, I, I agree. I mean, it's tackling. When I look at that front seven, they're not playing bad football. It's not bad. It's not. I mean. Linebackers, linebackers aren't great, right? Yeah, they, they miss things from time to time, but they're, they're, I see good moments from them. The secondary, there are incredibly few redeeming moments. I mean, whether it's missed tackles, Brock Purdy, guys, uh, and I think you guys said it in the postgame podcast, a couple of those picks weren't just, oh, he should catch that. If it was Marvin Mims, he'd have been waving an arm above his head. Like, they were punts. Yeah. And you just have to come down with Especially those Especially the one to Buki. Oh, I and Fields you know, and, was close to being the similar one, and, and I really end, agree. Yep. I really agree with what Riley was saying as far as guys are in position to make plays. They're in position to make tackles. They're in position to make interceptions. There's stuff there to happen, and it's just not happening. And I the the talk of well, I guess Alex Grinch isn't what we thought. He, how could Alex Grinch make that play? Like, how does that happen? And I get that it was the same argument a couple years ago with Mike Stoops. I I understand that. At the same time, it was year after year after year. Alex Grinch has been there a year and a half. He has not wiped away all the problems, and he's pretty much playing with guys that were recruited by his predecessors. I'm not saying that's all their fault. Well, no, 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 no. See, I I think you're on the wrong track here. And I think Lincoln kind of explained this. What's happened with COVID this is my theory based on kind of what coaches have said. What's happened with COVID is, yes, you have recruited better, faster, longer, younger players that can play in the secondary that eventually will be better than what you have now. But here's the problem. You've had no spring practice. Your fall camp was a mess. Those guys never really got the reps in order to get ready to go out there and play winning football in 2020 for Oklahoma. So the fact of the matter is people can clamor for put the next guy in. Sure. Lincoln Riley said it. They're probably three weeks away. 
you know, just getting practice time and and working on uh, you know other people's offenses and understanding what how that fits into Alex Grinch's system. Like they're still learning what to do. I mean, uh, Joshua Eaton, Bryson Washington, uh, DJ Graham. I mean, go down the list. The young guys just haven't had that. Now that doesn't. I'll I have one caveat here. That doesn't mean that you can't take Woody Washington and Trey Norwood and fit them in and get them more involved yes. as starters somehow. Sure. But relying that on just wholesale changes for youngsters with everything they've been through, Somebody's I don't, a bong I don't think it's possible. Bob, you and, got the COVID? The, and the biggest problem with all that is, Kerry, is we're talking about a position group that two things that just keep ringing in the back of my head. One, 90 starts between this defensive backfield. It's yeah. not like these are new guys they they've tackled before. And B... That's Alex Grinch's position group. Like it, it just has to be better. Yeah, and I'm not sitting here saying Alex Grinch needs to be fired. Nobody is. Nobody in their right mind is saying Alex Grinch needs to be fired. But it's not a good look when the worst unit on the field is his position group. Agreed. Eddie, you're you're the 90 starts. These guys are who they are. Sure. I think we all thought this was just like it was going to be Parnell Motley part two. Like. Parnell Motley stands out because it's an aberration. Usually, if you spend four years being one person, that's who you are. That is what you are as a player. You are not going to make a massive leap in one year. That's not going to happen. That's what we're seeing with Trey Brown, with Pat Fields, with uh, Buki. Those guys are who they are. But I thought Riley was, uh, like I was saying a second ago, I thought Riley was dead on because there are portions of this season, and especially the, like the first three quarters of Kansas State, Oklahoma wasn't just doing a nice job. They were making some great tackles, great plays out in space. That one we've talked about a couple weeks ago with Buki when it's like Control third dog, three, <laughs> and he makes that tackle on the little little pass in the flats. And the guy, like I, when he caught the ball, I thought there's no way he doesn't get that. I, I wouldn't even have blamed Buki. It was just a short, quick pass. What do you do about that? And he makes a tackle, brings him down. And then you turn around and do what they did in Ames, and you're just like, "What? I, you guys are so manic. It's it, it's impossible to form a real idea of some of these players because in one moment they look like a top twenty five unit, and then the next they look like one of the worst defenses in college football." Am I wrong in saying that this defense literally should have had three interceptions minimum? <laughs> Minimum. 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 Okay, three interceptions minimum. And it's, here's a, it's just amazing. And, and here's my deal. You think about, and this is kind of a, this is kind of me stumping for Alex Grinch a little bit. You think about the offenses that Mike Stoops had, where all he had to do was get some three and outs here and there. Like that was the expectation, right? Like that, it fell that low, like, right? Just get some three and outs. Let this because this offense is going to score almost every time they have the football. Now you don't have that offense, and you're Alex Grinch, and you score. I don't know. Are you even scoring half the time? I guess you're about half. It's probably closer to 50 50. Sure. You're scoring 50% they're, they're of the scoring time. They're scoring a bunch. What they're not doing is they're not scoring fast. Yeah, they don't have the explosive the drives plays. are long. But here's the thing which should make it easier on the defense. Yeah, but if you have those three interceptions in that game, then you've got one or two more scores that your offense is going to have that, you know, you need that. You, yeah. Like, you have to have that with a redshirt freshman quarterback. 
your defense cannot, absolutely cannot, without fail, cannot fail to catch an interception that hits them right in the hands. Like, <laughs> it's just, you don't have that margin of error. And I'm sorry, like, if you got used to this offense that was bailing your ass out time and time again, it's time to wake up. Like, to realize turnovers are more valuable this year than they have been in five years at Oklahoma. It, it It's incredible. And you go back, to, like, the, the one series that I just, my mind is blown by is the uh, final possession of the third quarter in which Brock Purdy basically throws a punt to Buki, drops it. We could even say Patrick Fields was back there, too. No, they were. They collided. Yeah. I mean, both of them were back there. So you go to second down and 10. Get a little bit of pressure. Purdy moves out of the pocket. Air mails the ball. You got him in third and long, exactly where you want him. And then you have a hold on Trey Brown in which he has help over the safety. Like, everybody's seen on Turner the board. Like, what is he doing? Like, over top, it's yeah. just, it's it's repeated stupid mistakes by guys that have played a lot of football down there. And one play later, 65-yard touchdown. I think that's why it's so frustrating for the fans and anybody watching it that, like, why... Just get somebody out there. Somebody else out there. I don't care who they are. I could even live with a freshman having a busted assignment as long as they're not making stupid penalties like Trey Brown or stupid mistakes of dropping an interception that could change a game. And guess what? If you have two interceptions, all that shit you just talked about either doesn't happen yeah. or you know, you, you, you win the game. It, and it's just like an inability to grasp the moment. And then, of course, you finally get the turnover, and we can get into it later. But for the second strike, we, you have a breakdown in special teams. Yeah. And you let them right back in the game. So, I, I mean, can it get fixed? Yeah, it could get fixed. I mean, at the bare minimum, you could have the secondary play somewhat like they have been. I mean, I know it's shitty, but at least it's a form of something. They've just got nothing out of them the last two games. And I think that's the most surprising thing is the most veteran players on the team are looking the worst. And Field sounds defeated in the postgame stuff. This He's your back captain, back too! Yeah, it, and that's alarming. He's had his head down, not making eye contact. And I don't know if that's just how he handled the loss or something, but it's it's not a good look when your captain can't sit up straight and look forward and, and try to represent the team that was almost as concerning as anything i saw or heard saturday night was just how where he was because that's not pat like that's not like him at all that just you know and the the various stuff you heard in the post game like it just it sounds like there was some stuff that 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 team has got to sort out amongst itself i mean like it, it there there's just a lot of um I don't know. Like, it just doesn't feel like it's a very cohesive unit. And you wonder if it's largely because, like we've talked about, we, we talk about all the physical stuff with COVID, but team bonding, team, like, you, you've got to be with each other. And they didn't get many of those opportunities. And for a young group that didn't have a lot of, you know, installed and established leadership, I, I, I wonder how much that plays a role here. Well, that's Fields actually brought that up. He's talking about, like, you know, we fought through it. We're practicing with masks. And we're one and two. It's almost like he feels betrayed by the game of football. After all the sacrifices they've made, they're one and two. Oh, there's a word that starts with a P. 
that could be used here. And I'm not going to do it because they're college kids. But Practice? It's not practice. <laughs> the second letter is you. I just, like, I, I feel like that's such a mentally weak. It's weird. Like, I, I don't know where they're coming from with that. Get somebody else out there. It is. I mean, I do kind of wonder, like, I've, I've watched stuff on social media. Does, does the secondary even get along? Like, they all seem like very, you know, separate individuals. Well, if that's yeah. the case, then that's, I mean, in a way, I guess that's, that could put it on the head guy. Like, like that's I've Lincoln never, Riley's problem. That's not anybody else's. I've never got, the, like, you'll see, you know, like, I know it's not fair, but I think, like, when Trey Brown had his birthday, everybody was sending stuff out to him. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know. I just, we're not around the team as much, you know, especially in these days. We're not around them at all, so it's hard to know. But, I mean, you think about those, like, Buki, Pat Fields, those are two entirely different people. Trey Brown, Jaden Davis. But at the end of the day, I mean, shouldn't they Turner all be on the Yell. same page? They're trying to win football games. It's not like they're trying to cure covid which maybe they should maybe that'd be a better option for them right now than Why playing don't you football go have a motivational speech with the team they don't want me in for a motivational speech <laughs> they would never lose a game again i would sacrifice somebody or something and no doubt your shirt would be off well yeah i only give speeches without my shirt on <laughs> if you were at the fiji house in 2010 you probably would have seen it it just it, it's wild to me that in a way and you know josh i know that you we, we kind of thought maybe this team would take a step back from where they were last year because you did lose guys like a Kenneth Murray. You did lose a guy like a Pornell Motley. But at the same time, they've taken like 20 steps back. I thought they'd take five steps back. Well, yeah, because, I mean, the guy, the the one that you thought, you know, the area where you thought they'd taken the biggest losses were, I mean, if you just look at the NFL draft or Neville Gallimore and Kenneth Murray, that's your front seven. Sure. As we said above, that's not really been the problem. I'm not saying yeah. they've been perfect, but they've been serviceable. They've been okay. Um, I thought, I think at times Brian Osamoa has been really good. I thought Deshaun White had some good moments against Iowa State, but it, it's the back end where you have all this experience and I, <laughs> And this is this is I'm going to quote myself here, and I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. Um, I was talking in the report <laughs> card after the game, and I said this team, where it has experience, it doesn't have a lot of talent, and where it has talent, it doesn't have a lot of experience. Yeah. And that seems to be the the crux of the problem. Like where you know what we we're just talking about. You know, Kerry mentioned a second ago, Josh Eaton, Devon Graham, Bryson Washington. You know, you go down that list; those guys are more talented than the players in front of them. But they don't have any experience, and this year only magnified that. I mean, how much would it have paid off for Bryson Washington to be able to go through all the spring practice like an early enrollee normally would have? I, I, I don't know that he would have been a starter, but right now you know he'd have been getting a very serious look because of what's happened. You know, you look at Devon Graham, can run, big size. Josh Eaton is almost prototypically what Alex Grinch is talking about at corner. I mean, you just run down the list, all those guys fit, but they have no idea what they're doing right now. And then you look at the guys in front of them, lots of experience, but there is a lot of evidence that the, the talent's just not where it needs to be. And, you know, I, I talked to some sources, you know, some people last night kind of getting some stuff together for woke. And I, I think, you know, when, when I talk to people, I, I think almost they look back, and there is almost a back-breaking feeling about Justin Harrington and his ACL. Like that would have, they they feel like that would have been 
a big difference. I mean, there, there were players who were like, he's going to take somebody's job. Like, and he practiced for a day. That, that, that's, they knew he was that good that quickly. And, you know, it just obviously didn't work out. But I mean, that's how thin it is. That's how thin the margin is in that secondary is a guy that was there for a day that has a lot of talent was, you know, going to push somebody at some point in the season. And it's, it, it's weird too that, it, it continually is the big play. Like, I don't feel like offenses are putting together 15-play drives against Oklahoma. It's played good for for a lot of what you've seen over the last, you know, four you or five years. That, you don't have that third and forever paranoia like they're going to convert. Like no, they like, use, the, like the K-State thing, they scored on third and 18, yeah. whatever. Like, they need to learn from that. But it's, it's get them in third and long or, I mean, it, it just, I don't know. I And I'm sure that, Alex Grinch, to a certain extent, doesn't know. But at the end of the day, it's like, with the tackling stuff, I feel like, as, as cliche as it sounds, it just comes down to want to, of bringing the other guy down, doesn't it? And if they There's don't want to, get their ass off the field. You know, we've talked about it, and I, I mention it all the time, you know, especially in The Idiot. But the, there is... I mean, you guys, you guys could see it, and, you know, I wonder, Bob and Eddie, if you being at home and on TV... I don't know if it was less apparent, more apparent. When you see things start going bad, you can see it in all their body language. Like, it just, they just come down. It's like they deflate instead of, hey, okay, one play, one play. We're going to, next play, let's move on, let's get this right. And then it just snowballs. And it yeah. just becomes this thing where they can't stop it. And I, I can't imagine for Alex Grinch, because like we said earlier, they're in position to make tackles. They're in position to make interceptions. There's only so much he can do. At some point, you are going to have to make the play, and he can't control that. After they gave up the 85-yard uh, touchdown or uh, special team, the kickoff return, it wasn't a matter of okay, well maybe they can get a stop and still be leading the game. It was how many plays is it going to take for Iowa State to t uh, tie this game up? Oh yeah, when when is Brees Hall walking into the end? Sure, zone? sure. Like you knew it was coming, and you look at that, and I want to say that was his touchdown that sticks out in my mind where. I believe it. I, I know the one that sticks in my head is Pat Fields. Pat Fields diving at his ankles, doesn't even get a hand on him, and Hall walks in. And I'm not saying, I'm not putting it all on Pat Fields. I know a week ago I was like, it's crazy. You guys blame him for everything. I'm just saying that play resonates in my mind because you had two or three people go at his legs, and I think maybe one came in contact. Like, I, I'm fine. Do whatever you have to do to get a guy to the ground. I'm not one of those. It's got to be hands under the thighs and elbow or shoulder in the gut. Like, I don't care about that. Get him to the ground. Do whatever you need to do. Just for my but, just for my mental well-being, when we talked to Alex Grinch in an hour, I wanted to just say, just for my mental well-being, we don't teach that shit. Like, we're not <laughs> – I don't know where that's coming from. Yeah. But if you're going to dive at their ankles, you better make contact. I mean, that it's – because not only are you not – I mean, you're not in slowing them down. You've taken yourself out of the play. You're not going to get back up and go catch somebody at that point. Uh, look, I – These guys are driving we me can insane, keep break, by the way. We can keep breaking down what <laughs> how they screwed up against oh, Iowa State. Man. The, it, the it, fact it, of the matter is they're getting – and I know people don't want to hear this. They're getting ready to play a damn good quarterback this weekend in yeah. Sam Ellinger. And all the issues the that they've time. had. This is, I mean, this is the guy. You're talking about you had Skylar Thompson problems with a run-pass guy. Uh, you know, Brock Purdy is not really a run-pass guy. Uh, you had some busts there. 
But Sam Ellinger is a guy that will challenge that front seven. He will challenge the secondary in the passing game. It is, if you've had problems so far, there is an opportunity for you to get completely shredded. I mean, oh, you could go, I remember Josh put this out there, like, after the Missouri State game, they're the number one total defense in the country. <laughs> oh, you could literally be the last defense in the country. Well, they are in just about game. every statistical category right now. I haven't even bothered. They're, well, they're 74th, but or 73rd and 72nd, saying, but there's 74 defense, teams playing football They could go right from first to last sure. within a five-week period. Well, let, I mean, let's go there. And I want to talk about Spencer Rattler because it's crazy. And Bob and I talked about this this morning. It's like, if you would have told me he would have had his arguably his best game as an OU player, I would have told you they won the game. But he's the how, only thing that you can point to to say that was winning. That how, was winning football. How yeah, much, how much would the addition of a Ronnie Perkins to the mix help this defense? Well, he's going to be added to the mix, so unless he fails a drug test. I mean, I've, I've talked about this already. It's on the board. I mean, Ronnie Perkins... I'll just go ahead and... I know we and, talked about it on the post game, but I just wanted to get it out here on the talk, U40. But, I mean, since Lincoln Riley had an opportunity to, to mention it on his on his Big 12 teleconference and said that you know, his status hadn't changed, and then he really wasn't pressed on it yesterday, I'll be curious to see if we talk to him tomorrow uh, where this goes, and I, I won't be afraid to ask him. But, um, you know, Ronnie Perkins simply had drug-free sport is the name. Uh, I'll give it up to SB Sooner on the message boards for kind of figuring this out and, and I wasn't going to put this out there you know I just I just kept saying uh you know there's some things that have to finalize before he can play and so what happened was when this appeal went through it went through midweek and it was Thursday night before he could take his drug test and send it in so what happened was uh they send it in to drug free sport which is the NCAA's kind of clearing house so when, and this is why, because when you are suspended for a drug violation, you have to pass a drug test before the, you know, the suspension is completely lifted. And whether that's through the appeals process or Ramondre Stevenson, by the way, uh, Treasure Bridges, if you do anything, you should stop because you're going to have to do this too. Um, Just get a fake dick. Uh, no, those don't work. What were those called? Wasn't the, uh, what was the guy from the Minnesota? Minnesota that was, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got caught. Forgot uh, what it's called. It's like the... God. Wonder Wiz. It, was, was it, it Wonder Wiz something or something Wiz. like that? Yeah. The Wizard or something like that. The Wizard. Was yep, it the Wizard? Exactly yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, don't use the Wizard. It doesn't work. Um, so anyway, Ronnie Perkins, the, the, the drug sample got sent off. They had to go to a lab. And as we all know, labs are backed up right now because of COVID. Uh, and they were hoping that they would get results. You know, okay, he's negative. He's good to go. Before they played Iowa State, that's why he went on the trip. That's why he, you know, nearly dressed out but didn't. Uh, and so everyone I talked to in the administration, you know, said, you know what? As long as this thing comes back negative, he's playing this week against Texas. So why Lincoln Riley's being coy about it? I think he's just trying to protect Ronnie Perkins in case it does come back positive. Uh, so he can't. Well, he failed his drug test. Like he, I mean, come like, on, man. We you, know all you your drug test right now. Like, that's the thing about Lincoln. He's so overprotective of his players, of anything. Like, to this day, like, when he said on Monday their status hasn't changed, my first thought was, you son of a bitch. You have never even broached the subject of what their status is. So for you to sit there and say their status hasn't changed when you've never told us what their status is in the first place is insulting. (laughs) So, I mean, it just, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, 
So, I mean, but he's so protective that he, he creates this blanket of confusion and anger from the fans over stuff like this. And then I get attacked about it before the game and I start banning people and it pisses me off. Uh, I don't like living this life. All right. Uh, I'll do it because <laughs> I have to, but I don't like it. The game chose you. The game chose me. Um, this life chose me. I didn't choose this life. Um, Actually, I did both of those, and both apply. Um, so anyway, yes, pass the drug test, play against Texas. And back to your original question, I'll make this a roundtable for everybody. Of the three players that are suspended, if you could get one back this week for Texas, I mean, come on. Would it be Ronnie Perkins, <laughs> or would it be someone else? I don't need the roundtable. Yes. It would be Ronnie Perkins? I mean, it has to be right. No, I'm gonna, no. I'm gonna no. make the argument for Stevenson. Yes, when Same. you look at those, you guys ding, are ding, ding. insane. No, they're <laughs> absolutely correct. No <laughs> way. The running game is in trouble, man. I mean, neither sure. one at fifty yards. I would take Perkins. I, I think he's. Going. You he, wouldn't he's take automatically, Andre Stevenson I would over take, Seth McGowan, and I would and take the guy that would Steve, be the best CJ player Pledger? on the field automatically. Ronnie Perkins is that guy. But your defensive but line is the worst, least of your problems right now. As soft right. as and as as terrible mentally as that team is defensively, <laughs> I think that they need somebody like that. Like just the presence of he having was on that, the sidelines well, Saturday didn't help. Get him out on the field. He did look icy though in the all white over yeah. there. That looked pretty damn good. By the hey, way, I, I, is he the first suspended player to ever wear his jersey on the sideline? That was interesting. I don't know. Did they wear them during the uh, bowl games, or the bowl game? Actually, Peach Bowl. That that I remember, I remember back in the day, the very first college football playoff. Um, what's his name? Why can't I can remember his Twitter handle now? Uh, big dude from Lufkin. McFarland. Yeah, Marcus. No, 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 no. Uh, not maybe what? not Lufkin. Uh, who am I thinking of? The guy that went to Texas, committed, and then. Transferred to OU because he couldn't pass a Spanish class. Oh, Lampkin. Uh, uh, Lampkin. Lampkin. Devontae Lampkin. Devontae. He wore That's his jersey. That's why you Yeah, no, okay, I got you. No, no, he's from Lufkin, together. right? No, no, he's Houston. Okay. Cypher. No, he's, he's Cy. Yeah. Okay. Cypher. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, it has been done at the bowl games before. But yeah, I, I just, think that was an internal suspension. You see McGowan. He looked like a true freshman Saturday, and that's oh. not a knockout him. He's going to have those moments. But Stevenson, because I don't know where Major is. I have no, I have no clue. He's been suited up the last two two games. But you heard Lincoln Riley on Monday say we have a pair of backs that are inexperienced. So I don't know where Major is, and they need a third one. Stevenson would provide a much needed punch. Well, I mean, he obviously isn't good enough to get on the field. I mean, who major? I, yeah, like Demarco. I, I don't know. Maybe they. I don't know if there's something deeper in that, but I would think just like Grinch, they're trying to put the best players on the field. It's like that's the kind of the theme of the week. These coaches, I don't think, are intentionally trying to lose unless they're point shaving, in which they, if they are, and they're not, I haven't been notified. I'd <laughs> trying to get that furlough yeah, back. I'd, I'd be very disappointed. Saturday night, Bob and I's two personal wars or at least two of them came together i was talking about the okay prep stuff and how ou's got to recruit more okay preps guys i'm like they could have had Brees hall they took marcus major could have had Brees hall yep and i know bob's always been a Brees hall guy so 
that is that that one doesn't look like a great call at this point. Um, and that's no diss on Marcus Major. Brees Hall is just really damn good. Well, but to be fair, Brees Hall was that guy that you saw, and you're like, damn, he's really good. Like, he has a chance to be. He was also one of the those guys. Like, you know, if a big school came in here and took him, we may never hear from him again. Like, he was just kind of that tweener guy. Yeah. Like, oh. you saw something special, but you didn't know how special he could. Like, he was better than everybody else he was playing against. Yeah. But it was Kansas high school football. Sure. You look oh, good Brees Hall would have redshirted last year, though, you just like Major did. Yep. He behind Stevenson, yep. you know, all that. That's fine. Like, I can acknowledge that. But you can't tell me that you watch those two right now and think they're oh, on the same no. level. No. You know what's crazy is they, I mean, they've gotten their ass whooped basically the last two weeks by guys they probably could have recruited. Even go back to Deuce Vaughn. He's a oh, Texas yeah. kid. Yep. I don't think that they would. Well, but. and don't mention Charlie Kolar in there, too, who basically decimated that secondary. Charlie yeah. Kolar, I mean. Would he? I, Grant, Grant Calcaterra and Hall. They did okay in 2017 at that spot. Yeah. Yep. But still, Charlie Kolar is looking Hell, like sure. He's looking like oh, he's another the George NFL. Kittle. Yeah. He's going to play the, the NFL. only guy uh, on that roster that I think might have had a better night than Spencer Rattler did. Jeremiah Hall played a hell of a game. He had a really, really like blocking, had the touchdown catch. Like he did a lot. And I'm not saying that Oklahoma wouldn't be able to use Charlie Kohler, but it, no, it, no, yeah, I mean, Charlie yeah. Kohler is he not the best tight end in the entire conference? Yes, yes, yeah, without and a he's doubt, not even close, without a doubt. Yep. So of course he could play at Oklahoma. Oh sure, sure. They just use those guys so much differently, and I guess that's that's part of the reason why the H back has been so good to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. By the way, they should use Stogner more. I mean, Stogner could be every bit well, of the player. Well, shit, the, way that the, the, the yes. way that the wide receiver unit's playing right now, they might as well just throw to him every yes, time. Yes, I agree. 100%. <laughs> In the first quarter, Josh. Rattler throws that deep ball down to Stogner, and he catches it up the left sideline. And you're like, yeah, you do can do that. that, too. Keep you doing that. You can do the same yes. thing everybody's doing to you. Go do it to them. You've got Braden Willis. You've got Stogner. I mean, you've got that's big kinda, guys coming at your ears. That's kind of one of those things that's like, you know it's not really Riley's bread and butter, kind of like running the football wasn't when he first got here and they lost the mm-hmm. Texas game, you know, with Baker in his first year because they didn't establish the run and they got pass happy and Baylor, you know, Baker just started freaking out. Like, you, I mean, like, it's kind of taken Lincoln. He's evolved, but he's not evolved to the point where he's like 6'6 tight end, keep throwing him the ball. Like, because that's just old school football sure and like that's not lincoln he's thinking like five plays ahead like probably you know double reverse pass shit i mean like sometimes if something works you just have to wear it out i just and i it's kind of like the defensive back thing and they haven't been as bad but another group that has played a lot of football that's been really disappointing and we could even go specifically to guard center guard is the grouping of Tyrese Robinson, Creed Humphrey, and Marquise Hayes. I mean, they haven't they haven't just been awful. I think the the offensive line thing has probably taken on a life of its own in a way, but they've just been inconsistent. And Creed be the first person to tell you that. Here is uh, Lincoln Riley talking about just overall play of his offensive line so far this year. Again, they're kind of like our whole team. I mean, they've had some really good stretches. Um you know, and they've done some. They've done some good things. I mean, they really have. I, you know, it's 
everybody thinks, well, if you're, you know, not running the football well, or if you give up a sack, then all of a sudden what's well, automatically on the offensive line. Well, no, it's not, you know, there's, there's, we've had some of the times when we haven't ran it well this year, you know, backs have missed cuts. Uh, I've made some poor, poor calls, poor decisions on my parts. Receivers have missed blocks. I mean, we've had, again, for us, it's just been, you know, just, I get a lot of nine and 10 man football and uh, same thing in the, in the past pro game and, and, and all of that. So uh, I don't think they're any more or less to blame than, than, than anybody for any of the things that haven't gone our way. Um, I do think there is a lot of positives and a lot of promise, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a position that we hold in just, you know, very high regard here. And we do have high expectations for them and, and uh, they've done a lot of good things, but can they play better? Uh, yes, they can. And uh, I know the guy we got coaching them will we'll stop at nothing to, to get them to that point. That's Lincoln Riley. I want to get the guy's thoughts on that uh, and what he had to say. And, and obviously, Bill Biedenboe uh, being the offensive line coach and him mentioning him there uh, at the end. But also, I want to remind you guys, uh, we are very excited uh, to have Dead Soxie uh, on as uh, one of our sponsors of the podcast. Brand new sponsor. Uh, great, high-quality uh, socks help you take your sock game to the next level. Eddie and I both received the Dead Soxy uh, gift packages. We've been wearing ours. Uh, the no-show socks, the uh, boardroom socks. The uh, Also, I mean, the really exciting part is the uh, Crimson and Cream color waves that they've got. Uh, you can support uh, your favorite college program at Dead Soxy. Also, uh, using the 30% off promo code exclusively for Sooner Scoop, just enter the keyword BOOMER at checkout. So, uh, head over to deadsoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Use that promo code BOOMER for 30% off. Uh, the best, drocks, best uh, dress socks you've ever put on. And uh, Eddie, I know you've enjoyed yours. Absolutely. These aren't the socks you're going to leave around the nightstand. You know what I mean? These are socks <laughs> you're going to take care of. You're going to be walking around the State Fair of Texas all weekend. Some of you's. Well, there isn't really a state fair this year. Well, you're going to be walking around the grounds, and you've got to get to the Cotton Bowl, and there's no better way to uh, feel with your feet. You're going to be on your feet all day. You might as well wear these dead Soxies, and I will be wearing mine. That's dead Soxy, D-E-A-D-D-E-A-T-S-O-X-Y.com. Uh, use, use that promo code BOOMER for 30% off. Uh, and as always, guys, stay Soxy. All right, uh, you heard Lincoln Riley there talking about the offensive line. And I, I think, guys, that's kind of everybody's thought. Like, okay, it may not be perfect, but Bill Biedenboe is still the coach there, and he still, you know, sometimes miraculously whips this offensive line into shape. I think the only really surprising thing to, to anybody at this point is, Bob, maybe that it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it just it felt like the trajectory of guys like Hayes and Robinson, they just get better. They just keep getting better and i don't know if they've plateaued or if they've regressed but you you really hope that bray walker and andrew rame are pushing them you, you hope that those guys aren't starting just because the backups aren't playing at a high level yet either because that would be very concerning but i mean if robinson and hayes keep playing like this you you, you have to start looking at rame and, and and walker if nothing else just for a wake up call to let those guys know just because you've done this for years and years doesn't mean you keep doing it for the rest of this week and this was just the 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 wrong year for beating to not have it ready right from the jump you you couldn't afford three to four weeks to figure out your line in 2020 and it's just and it shouldn't have taken that long with, with that many people returning exactly. it just shouldn't have taken that long 
exactly. it just doesn't make sense, man. It really <laughs> doesn't. And, you know, like Riley said, Josh, they cleaned up for the most part on just the stupid holding penalties. But there were other lapses where it's just like... Well, I asked, I asked Creed about this yesterday. I said, you know, in the past, like with Orlando Brown and Drew Samia, you guys have gotten penalties, personal fouls. And Bill Biedenboe would always say, look, some of that's going to happen. I want my guys aggressive. I don't want them to lose that. So that's an acceptable penalty. And I asked, like, how many of these penalties this year are acceptable penalties because you guys are, you know, kind of trying to set the tone, set an attitude, uh, and how many are not? And he basically said about half of them are lazy penalties. Which and That's what I like. He didn't say dumb. He said lazy. Yeah. I, I, like, I like that term better. Which oh I mean you, you go back to any offensive line coach they'll tell you a hold is almost always because you're not moving your feet I mean that that's that's almost unanimous when you have these conversations now sometimes you know it, it's to save your quarterback from getting murdered you know like there, there's yeah sure there are reasons kind of like the you know the penalty that the Iowa State DB took to prevent the touchdown like sometimes you got to grab them just to make it from being worse than it would have been so I, I get that. But yeah, I mean, there's a difference between the personal foul, like okay, my, you know, beating both guys are going to run a little hot. That's just the way he likes it. That's the way he wants those guys to be. But at the same time, holding is just you're you're not technically doing the things you need to do. That's not an effort penalty. The thing about holding that usually happens is people do it because they they don't want to look bad, mm-hmm. but then they get penalized. It's like you're going to look bad either way. Yep. I mean, you see that yep. in the NFL all the time. Oh, sure. You see it sure. really in the NFL more than you do in college because guys are getting paid and they don't want to look bad. Guys, I I don't know. I, I thought I had came it, – it's almost the exact opposite with the secondary, which I think to me, and I don't know about you guys, those are the two biggest questions for me right now. Like I said, I've talked a lot about playmakers at the skill position. I think that still has to emerge. But the primary questions for me are the offensive line and the secondary. And one we all saw coming. The second one is just mind-blowing that this is an issue. But for me, I thought the offensive line had a lot more positives come out of that Iowa State game than I saw in Kansas State. There were times when that counter was effective. They were starting to – it felt like the timing was starting to come together. They were starting to get those pieces. Everybody was you know, hitting the block they were supposed to do. They were getting to their zones the way they needed to. All those things that you're looking for to make that play run right, and which you know, I think we can all agree is almost the the linchpin of Oklahoma's offense. That that it, almost everything else is set up off of that play, and Oklahoma needs that to work affection, uh, effectively. And I thought, especially on the drive when Oklahoma scored its final touchdown, when they went up 30-23 right before the big kickoff return, they just ran the ball at Iowa State, yep. and they looked good doing it. And you thought, okay, now. It's all starting to come together, and then it kind of, you know, the, the I think the the kickoff return just threw the whole team back off off kilter. So, I, I saw some positives on the offensive line. And I think maybe they're starting to round into form, but like Bob said, if you want to cons- have the conversation of somebody else at right guard other than Tyrese Robinson, I don't think you're crazy. I think Marquise Hayes is slowly getting there, and I think he's so talented you kind of have to give him the room to get there. Uh, Robinson is a guy that I, I, I've never felt like is, has dominated in the way that I've seen almost every other guy on that line at times dominate. Yeah. And the, the story that's gotten lost, Anton Harrison played a nice game on Saturday night. I really liked what he's coming along 
And Very he really, quickly. if you take all his snaps, I don't know where he graded against Kansas State because, again, we haven't been able to talk to Bill Biedenboe, uh, and we requested him this week and were denied. But um, I would imagine that he graded out higher, much higher than anybody else at either of the tackle positions against Kansas State. Against some pretty good players, too, from Iowa State. I mean, Baylor's a damn good player. Yeah. Yeah, Jaqueline, uh, 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 Bailey is a... He's an NFL guy. He's a top. He's a probably first two day kind of guy. I th- I thought it was interesting too, just as far as talking about the run game. I mean, and I know we just talked about Marcus Major, but it's very apparent that some of the run game problems lie at the feet of the running backs. They're missing, you know, cuts or blocks or whatever you want to call it. And Seth McGowan, I mean, you can't run back and forth on the field. I don't care who you're playing. This is. It's big, yeah, this it's is like big every, boy football. Every this, freshman's got to learn You're not playing that. mesquite anymore. Yeah, I mean that. Yep. I think the only bonus to that is it was such an embarrassment that he will probably never do that again. Literally, literally, he had to be he had to be taught that if you're expecting your quarterback to pick up a block for you, it ain't happening at this level. No, I. I Which can't I believe. Rather could have thrown a block, though. There. I will he say he could have thrown a block. But I love the way he was like, F- "This, <laughs> <laughs> you're on your own." I, I think the call out of him on that is insane. There's no way you want your quarterback making no. right, right, no way. Right. Because some because some freshman made an idiot cutback that that yep. no one should make, and you're going to get your quarterback hurt because of that. No, just yep. a, I'm glad that Spencer Rattler did that. You want that block back? Uh, oh, God, I well, get, way to go, racist! Yeah, you want that block <laughs> as badly as you want—I don't know—Tanner Mordecai starting against Texas. Like, just weigh those odds out. See how you feel about that. And if you think that 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 blocker cares, you know that defender gives a crap about the running back at that point when he knows that here comes the quarterback trying to block me. All he wants to do is pancake Spencer Rattler. He doesn't care about the tackle at that point. Because he knows he, wants, tw- he knows twenty other guys are coming after him. Yep, he wants to murder Spencer Rattler's soul. Like he he wants to kill someone. I wish mean, you had some guys that could think book. like that. Hey, Isaiah Thomas got the strip sack, man. I mean, that was the point in the season. Can't shit on the defensive line. I'm sorry, you just can't I, for this. I game. think I tweeted it at the time, but that was like at the point of the season. It was like that is a season defining play, and literally. Seven or eight plays later, you give up a kick return for 85 yards. I still am getting people that are like, Calvin Thibodeau, when's he going to go? That's your problem? That's what you're looking at this defense and saying, you know what, it's the defensive line. That's where we're all going wrong. Like, minus clearly their two best players, the defensive line's been the best unit on the defense. What are we talking about here? Like, I get that Jamar Cain's a part of that, too. I think Jamar Cain is clearly looking like a really good hire for Oklahoma. But, I, like I said, I, I like kind of what I'm seeing at linebacker. I, I don't, I don't look, know how, though, you look at that defense and are like, I'm worried about the D-line. And, look, Winfrey's not great, but he's active. Yes. And, I, I mean, outside of that, I mean, they are getting some – like, Corey Robertson played in that game. Is it Robertson or Roberson? I'm, I'm so Robert, confused on – Roberson. R-O-B-E-R's, I don't yep. even know anymore. Uh, but Corey Roberson got time in that game. You saw uh, Jordan Kelly finally getting on the field in this game. So they're getting some more bodies in there, which you like to see. Because 
let's face it, other than Winfrey, I don't know how many difference makers they have. Having fresh bodies out there is probably the best thing they could do. Yep. Oh, uh, Thomas and Winfrey are your two guys. Those but, are the two guys that can impact the game. But anyway, you know, back to the offense. You know, Lincoln Riley was asked a lot this week about Spencer Rattler. I even asked him about, you know, uh, being his first game. And guys, I just I don't know that the rules apply here as much because it's not going to be a typical OU Texas game. Now I think, you know, there will be some there'll be some, you know, noise from the what is it, like fifteen on each side, basically? Twelve five. Twelve five on and each side. My folks got a call yesterday that they still have tickets at the ticket office. Wow. Nice. So it's like excitement abounds for this one. I I don't know. I was just kind of shocked that there's still tickets left on even with the small allotment that they got on, you know, October 6th. By the way, hit that SeatGeek uh, ad on the uh, message boards. Yeah. If you want, if you need tickets. Do it. Help us out a little bit there. But, no, I mean, this offense, let's face it, they're going to have to score some points. Spencer Rattler's going to have to play well. I mean, this is, I don't see any way around it. This is a shootout. If OU wins it, they're going to win it you know, high 40s, maybe even 50s to something. I straight up have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know what to expect because with the kind of the picture that we've painted today with this group, it almost feels like they're going to get their ass kicked. It almost feels like they're going to get run out of the Cotton Bowl. I, I, you know, you go into this game every year and you say, which team is capable of the blowout and which team is capable of... Basic, well, no, that's the only question. Like, which one of these two teams is capable of blowing the other one? I think in this case, Texas is the team that's capable of blowing out OU. Yes. I can't I see it Sam, the other way around. No, you, Sam will challenge the defense's heart. If if they are truly, you know, soft or however you want to phrase it, Elinger can, them. Can, can bring that out in you. Who? Elinger. <laughs> I don't think that's right. <laughs> Eddie, do you want to... Sam, we're on a first-name basis okay. nowadays. Oh, God. <laughs> He's down with the horns up for peace cause. Absolutely. I wonder what Michelle's up to this week. Oh, God. Please don't. Michelle Herman. <sighs> my baby. My girl. All right. So, my whole world. Guys, I mean, you know, we can talk about Oklahoma's deficiencies in tackling. The only... According to PFF, the only school... Oh God! It's anywhere close, Texas. Texas. I know it's insane. They both are below forty percent on their tackling percentage, according to PFF. Or on their I'm not sorry. Forty percent. Their grade is below forty on PFF. That's the only team below both of them is Vanderbilt. I mean, both of these programs need a win in the worst way possible on Saturday. And I don't know if either one of them are really any good. Oh, I don't think either are. No. Or at least not right now. I mean, this Texas this is, is the worst OU team since what? Oh nine, oh four, no fourteen. Yeah. I don't know. They they were four and zero to start, so you still had hope. But boy, you talk about that quarterback matchup, Trevor Knight and <laughs> Spencer the, Rattler. Went, went downhill to hurry. <laughs> you had you had him on you had him on uh, Sterling Shepard at receiver. Yeah, you had him on Damian Williams at running back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had, let's see. You got Stryker on defense. Yes. Well, Damian Williams is gone. He was 2013. He was gone. Was he That's gone? Right. Yeah. Yep. 
So it was Brendan yeah. Clay was, was your starting Keith, running back in Keith, 14? Uh, Keith Ford and and, stu- and stuff like that okay. until he got hurt. And then P. Ryan. God, I'm having PTSD flashbacks. <laughs> I'm going to have to go to the hospital. <laughs> I'm going to get paid hey, enough to be in the You didn't have to go to that don't goddamn you business. You didn't Cody have to go Thomas to the was in that quarterback Well, room. you're in the business. <laughs> the business. Oh, wait, that was Alex Ross, too. He was probably the guy that they were, they were looking for to take Well, over you talk about a guy who could run back a kick against this, uh, this uh, 2020 team. You know what? 20, I don't know if he could do anything else. You know what the problem with 2014 was? That's when they unveiled the alternate uniforms. Worried yes. About, <laughs> they weren't worrying about social justice. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That's Please the, stop. That's the best stop. take I've read. It's, uh, march. it's not good. It's not good. I think it's calmed down a little bit. No, it has. I mean, I, I just overall, though, the, the product that they're putting out on the field right now is... It's it's a little bit, I don't know, hard to believe that they're as bad as they are. Like I, and I think that's what upsets fans the most is they know they're not that bad. Yeah, they're 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 underperforming. Yes, no doubt about it. In a big way, in a massive way, it just I, it doesn't make it doesn't compute how how bad some of the guys that have played down there. A lot of fo- I'm talking two three years of football. And how they're playing right now. I, I truly, and I'm sure that Alex Grinch, if he had the answer to this, they would already have solved it. But it has to be as perplexing to them as it is to us. I mean, look at it this way. They named two team captains. Sure. Are either of those guys playing at a super high level? And I love Creed, but no. Like, it just, no. Not at all. And that's the representation of their team. So the, their team basically is following suit with their two biggest leaders. Which is a problem. Yeah. Which is a massive, massive problem. I mean, their best player slash leader combination is a guy that's just getting ready to play his first game. Ronnie Perkins. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, guys, you, you know, you you talk to coaches about that through the years. And they, you know, our teams are always best when our best players are our captains. You know, not like the... Oh, he's the locker room guy, and he's a great captain, but he's not nearly our best player. It's it's when your best player is your leader. Guys like Baker Mayfield, guys like Orlando Brown, guys, you know, like yeah. those things where guys answer. You know, like you're not going to call them out. They're a better player than you are. You're you've got to come to their level, kind of thing. Um, you don't. I mean, last year with Kenneth Murray, like who was going to say something to Kenneth Murray? He was the best player on that defense by a mile. Um, you don't have that this year. And I mean, and I'm not. That's not a bag on Creed. Creed's a, he just hasn't played to the level we're accustomed to seeing from him. And Pat Fields is he's exactly what I'm talking about. He's the great effort guy, great locker room guy, probably going to be a coach someday kind of guy. But not but, even anywhere close to first round no. draft pick guy. Nope, nope, nope. The NFL is not waiting for Pat to make his decision. And you know what? A lot of times you have first round type guys that aren't team captains, and that's sure. fine. Yep. That that's their job is just to be great at playing football, and maybe they're you know kind of quiet guys and they don't you know they're they're introverts or whatever they're not. I don't think Adrian was ever a team captain, was he? I don't think so. I don't either. Yeah, I mean he's he's the best player I ever watched. But yeah, I mean it. I mean literally, it would be interesting to go through and and look at team captains versus team performance. Hmm. That's a good, that's a really, I'm, I'm going to have to do that. 
go back through the media guides. Ooh, the 2014 team did have Aaron Ripkowski. Don't overlook that. As a team captain. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about that. Oh, okay. But no, I, I'm just I'm still reviewing our conversation from earlier, and Josiah St. John at left tackle. You had that. I know you're a big fan of that, Carrie. So well, don't forget Jordan Thomas. Yeah, Jordan Thomas was a starting freshman corner. Mm-hmm. Late, mm-hmm. late, late in the season. Yeah, because he replaced everybody else that sucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's just how bad that was. That the year Dakota Thomas, Dakota uh, um, Austin started. No, it was a little later 16. than that, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah, it was, yeah, that, yeah. That was when they and, the cupboard really went bare. God, I remember people trying to convince themselves because he had like one good quarter. They're like, he might be pretty good. I'm like, in no. In 2015, no. he had like an interception mm-hmm. against Texas Tech, and everyone's like, oh, he's pretty good. Yep. What a backup. Nope, 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 nope. Now he's coaching Putnam City. That's cool. I'm glad for him. That's good. Yeah. Not the Panthers, but we do love Carter Whitson. <laughs> <laughs> Carter's Eddie, a good dude. Are are the other three of you prepared? Excuse me, the other two of you prepared for how insufferable Eddie's going to be if this team continues on the current run they're on? What do you mean if, when? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I don't know where. I know you're in Houston, but it's not pretty, Josh. It's uh, well, Eddie. Now you know there's, the a, there's a lion that he's, at the end of the road, and you don't the want fact that he's not it. in the press box this weekend because they won't let videographers anywhere near the press box. Oh, are you talking about OU? I thought you were talking about Putnam North. I was I thought, oh, I was were you talking North. about Putnam North? No, yeah. I, I was absolutely talking about They're North. They're a 5-0 and o start. Yep. Number, were they number four in 6A2? Number three? Yeah, I haven't, sure. you haven't said a word They're about somewhere it. way up there. Sure. I, this is the first I'm hearing of this. Yep. The Panthers got it going. Old D1 Lav got them going. All right. Um, you know, Lincoln was asked about, uh, you know, this game and recruiting, and obviously it means something. Uh but do you think it means as much when both these teams aren't all that hot? I just don't think it means as much because the OU-Texas battle isn't what it used to be. And so many, I mean, you have A&M, you have Alabama, you have Ohio State. So many other teams come into the state of Texas now where it's not just the winner of this game gets the top recruit. I don't even know if that's happened since I've started doing this here lately where it it just hasn't resonated it hasn't i mean like, you, you might oh, have to go he, back to adrian peterson when that might, was a thing you really might like i mean i i, I started with 2011 2012 two mega blowouts by ou didn't mean anything to those top kids in texas they still went to austin uh, still absolutely matters though I mean, you, you you want the bragging rights. I mean, you you yeah. want the brand. You I mean, it helps your brand as a school. It helps your brand. Yeah, but you don't get to have any kids in attendance either. You know, this is OU's year of sure. hosting, and that and I, that that goes out the window. I mean, too. like, would it would it is Kamar Wheaton all of a sudden going to be thinking of Texas because they win this game? No, I don't think so. I mean, no, but I think like in the in the big picture, you could probably say that like I don't know if it'd be a knockout blow for Tom Herman, but I think he needs to win this game more than Riley does, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, if you want to look at it through that lens, I think it's just as important. I think for a program, it's bigger for Texas. For a game and a season, it's bigger for Oklahoma. Oklahoma's got to – they need something to write this current team. But, like, Lincoln Riley and everybody's not getting fired if, if they don't win this game. Tom Herman, 
If he can't go beat a team that just lost to Iowa State and Kansas State with you know with his senior laden team and this was supposed to be their year and all this stuff and Oklahoma still finds a way to beat him, that's boy. Like I and I still I wonder if Texas would do it because of the monetary issues and all the other things they have to consider. But you'd have to start thinking, you know, money people at Texas are going to start trying to think of a way to do it. Um, outside of that, um, OE Texas coming up this weekend. Anything on the recruiting trail? I mean, and maybe that's part of it too, is just that recruiting has happened uh, so in advance because of COVID, no visits and yep. stuff like that, and guys have made up their mind. Uh, and like you said, OU recruits so much outside of Texas now. Uh, of course, Caleb Williams being the most notable, uh, but a lot of Virginia guys. I mean, it's not going to affect them. Uh, but outside of that, what what is uh, what's the buzz? What's what's anything worthy of talking about in recruiting right now, Josh? Well, you know, obviously, I think the first thing that everybody wants to know is, you know, how are the recruits reacting to all of this? I mean, is, is there right. any general concern? Any backing and, out? No, I mean, you know, and Eddie Eddie was down in Austin with me on Friday night. Obviously, before the game, uh, we we're talking a little Trell McCutcheon, and you could tell. You know, and he's a kid I've talked to quite a few times. We've got a good relationship. Talking to him, he never wants for confidence. I mean, that that's just not one of his problems. And I talked to Latrell Sunday after the game, and I said, you know, is this does this affect how you see Oklahoma? Does this change how you look at it? And he's like, man, I'm locked in. I'm going to Oklahoma. Blah blah blah. And he he goes, all I look at it and see is I'm definitely going to compete for playing time from day one. Like that's just the way he looks at it. And that's what I get from a lot of these guys. Even like Jordan Mukes, um, uh, the the three star defensive back commitment from Choctaw. That you know we went and saw a couple weeks ago, and I know Bob had seen him even before that. He needs some work. He's going to need some fine tuning in his game. And I think to some level he understands that. He, he knows he's still learning, but at the same time he's like, you know, I I just want a chance to compete. You know, I feel like I should be able to have a chance to go play. You know, with those guys and that kind of stuff. And that, that's what you're doing because, like we just said earlier, these are, I mean, McCutcheon, you know, Eddie can back me up on this. That's what a corner should look like. OU doesn't have many of many of uh, a guy that even looks like that, much less plays like that on their roster. He is, uh, at one point in the game, he makes this tackle and he kind of shoves a kid down when he's done. And Eddie looks at me and goes, that kid's a bully. And I was like, when is the last time you could <laughs> say that about an OU corner? He was a bully. Like, and that... McCutcheon was like, I, I don't give a damn about any of you guys. They had a kid committed to Louisiana Tech, obviously a good high school receiver, and LBJ just had him, McCutcheon follow him around the field. Wherever he went, that's where McCutcheon was. And I don't think the kid had a meaningful catch until the game was over late in the fourth quarter, and he caught a little touchdown pass where uh, LBJ's safety took McCutcheon out. So, I mean, it... There, the thing I that I can tell you about recruiting is is I love what I'm seeing from OU on the defensive side of the ball. Seeing Stutzman, seeing Clayton Smith, seeing Latrell McCutcheon, seeing all these guys in person over the last month. If Oklahoma can just weather this storm, get through this, and get some of these young guys moving through their ranks, there's a lot of talent they're bringing in. I, I like the pieces they're getting. You said you said it during the game, Josh. I he might be one of the best cornerbacks they've brought in in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really, uh, the, the guy that comes to mind and I'm like, well, let me think on that is like Reggie Smith going that far back. I mean, you're, you're talking Oh seven there. Um, 
that's how deep it kind of runs when you talk about I mean like uh, McCutcheon six foot one probably 180 pounds long long arms um built real similarly to Josh Eaton but much more um I would say confident much more understanding of what he wants to do how he wants to attack a receiver very very high competitive guy like I, I really like the way even on the offensive side of the ball, he's downfield blocking for his backs. He set up probably three touchdown runs. Just they ran to his side. He he ran the corner out of the play. I mean, stuff like that that you're not used to seeing from a guy that that's his second position. He's just playing that because his team needs him to. So I, I, I really, really came away impressed. It was going to be a tough for me to like somebody as much as I did when I saw Clayton Smith a few weeks ago. But McCutcheon's in that same level. They're they're both rivals, one hundred guys, in my opinion. I you know to me in terms of how recruits feel about you know OU not playing well, I I just think kids are different now. And Eddie started to teach this to me. We have an intern at our radio station, and he openly talks about you know how we're old and past it's we're past our prime, and we need to let other people have their go. Like that's how all young people think. Like. Get out of my way, old man. You're you're keeping me down. You saw the Bryson Washington tweet after the game. I mean, all the all yeah, Bryson Washington. Uh, every, it's like one of those things that he puts out there, knowing that he's going to have to delete it, but he wants to get that thought out. I mean, I've I've come across many overly ambitious young journalists that have that same attitude that I would never hire. Uh, that are just little shitheads that just want you to die. So, and, and they look at me as an old man, and so you can get out of their way and they can have your job. Like, that's how kids are now. So they it's, can aggregate questions that they don't ask. Okay. Um, I mean, it's just <laughs> a dog-eat-dog dog world. They want to create stories. Oh, God, stop it. Is it just piling on now? What's <laughs> happening? It's just hey, part of the Bob business. Bob takes a shot. We we all doesn't I mean, even like, come on. anyone in particular. That's just that's how it's run today. How that, is it that's that, the business? How is it that I'm that's the, the business? <laughs> I'm the asshole banning everyone on the boards, yet you guys are the assholes on the pod. I Carrie, I will state again for people on the board, you are the nice guy in so many ways. I'm in this really group. not though. You are you are like you. You get to a point where you have a line in the sand, and you're like, "No, the, I, yeah. it will go no farther than this." There will and it be doesn't respect. Matter. Like, yes, there. It doesn't matter if you're going to look bad. It doesn't matter if you know. Like, I think in your heart sometimes you're like, "I probably shouldn't do this," but I just don't like. This is the line, and I don't care. Yeah, and th- I think that's where that comes from. And I, I know, and you know what people what I've learned. It. What I've learned. The last couple of weeks is it can't be blamed on the drink because I haven't had a drop. That's just who oh. I am. People mm-hmm. love to blame mm-hmm. it on the drink. I'm just a, oh. I just have a short fuse, man. And once yeah. you cross my line, you're dead. Yeah. Carrie and I have had some conversations. People that weren't weren't super kosher and friendly. Those happen. It's okay. All are gonna survive it. It'll all those, be okay. Yeah. There, there, there's there's maybe one, but for the most part. <laughs> We're all going to come back. Everybody's going to be fine. Like, for all the people in the corner that are listening, guys, if something happens, if you have a problem, if you get black, just come to us and talk like a reasonable human being. Talk to us like you're actually sitting in the room with us. 
even if hot. I send you to Siberia instead of Chile, you always have a chance. If you just, just come back to the table and talk like a reasonable human being. And you when can you understand with, where my line is. And that's the main thing. When you understand yep. where my line is, then we're going to be fine. Yep. Josh just doesn't have a line. He's, he's just, you can just I, walk all over him. I'm a big old whore. I want your money. Like, I don't, I'll put up with a lot of your shit. I don't really care. I, dude, I'm married and got two children. I'm used to being stepped on. I don't give a damn. Just keep giving me your money. That's kind of how this relationship works between us. Josh that's and I. so true. That's, that's why Carrie and I can work together. Josh is a whore, and he wants to true. give away $1 subscriptions, but I won't Oh, let him. God. Yeah, I know. Oh, people. Oh, you would have won last week. We'd have, we'd have had you covered. I was going to sneak it past Carrie. Damn it. No, we actually did have this. Josh hit me up, and I didn't respond back because I knew. like I was, I was driving and had all this stuff, uh, and it was like Josh Josh does this thing where like he decides, okay, today's the day. I'm going to hit up Carrie with four months of business stuff all Fact. at once. Fact. And, of course, I'm usually dealing with it on a daily basis, so I'm like, oh, great. Josh has decided he's part of the business now. Today is business business day for Josh. <laughs> and so, I, I, I've got my quarter. I've got my one time a quarter. <laughs> and so he decided we need to get this really big promo to go after Iowa State to prepare for Texas because everybody will be fired up. And what happens? Special teams. Special teams happened. I don't know if you heard it, but Carrie just blamed the loss on me. I, you could probably blame happened. it on me for being the guy of our team in the press box. I, w the only win that OU has had so far, we've all been in the press box together. So blame it on OU, actually. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Carmen. Put Eddie in the... the, the I mean, this is a new... Guys, Free the Three has taken on a secondary... I mean, there are more uses than one for that shirt that we need to That's create. A really good point, Josh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Free the three. We'll even make it like a polo so you guys can wear it to the games. Whichever one of you gets to cover it that week. We'll just have an Eddie shirt, a Bob shirt, and a Carrie shirt. <laughs> Whoever gets left out of the press box that week, you can wear that shirt. You could have, like, a picture of Orlando Brown carrying the Baker Mayfield jersey. <laughs> On it, yep, like a memoriam. <laughs> like carrying a T-shirt out to midfield. Can I talk Creed Humphrey into carrying my T-shirt out? Oh, that'd be amazing. God, that was that's still one of the best moments in the like history he, of Oklahoma football. Like he died and he missed like the he first had, series. Like he had just absolutely. And Kyler Murray, who was a better player, Ooh. took the opening possession at 75 yards or 85 yards, whatever it was. And then Baker came right in the game. God, that was against just a bad West Virginia team. But you too. know what? Those guys were fucking good, so they could do that kind of stuff. Sure, and I mean, nobody could say anything. They might, they might take a jersey out to the middle of the field this year on Saturday, just because a kid hurt, got a boo boo during the week. Oh my god! I, seriously, so, can we save this if if they lose to Texas? Then we can start with the personal assaults. We're not. I'm not, it's not a personal assault. It's an overall mentality. You either want to tackle somebody and take them to the ground or you don't. And they have a couple guys through basically three games don't want to do that. That's a problem. They're trying Eddie to win. Do you have a spitter in there right now? I do. Like, I feel like he's got a dip of chaw. Like, he's in it. Like, that was. You don't feel Eddie, like, 
back in my day kind of feel very well, often. It's, that was it's there, just Eddie. ridiculous. It's getting old, John. No, you're it's, not wrong. You're it's not ridiculous. Wrong. Watch this shit every week. All right, we uh, it's even worse having to watch it on TV this week. I hate to say <laughs> this, but we are up against it. We have to end the podcast now. Uh, we're getting ready for Alex Grinch's Zoom. Uh, that's what you get if you want the the podcast to be on Wednesdays. And we're trying to do that. As the we said, only acceptable the answer is that he branded somebody during the week. All right. Um, <laughs> that is Eddie Radosovich. I would also like to thank Josh McQuistian and Bob Prisbillo. and we'll see you guys on the le- well, yeah, the Eskridge Lexus post game. Uh, following the game on Sunday night uh, or Saturday night. My God, I'm mixing up nights now. And then we'll see you back here next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.